the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Thursday, baby. Garbage day. And the day I fill in. No correlation. Don't get nervous. So we got a lot to talk about, and then they throw in the school shooting. 16-year-old Asian kid, huh? All right. And they took him. Did you see that uh, there's one kid's dead? They took him away in the ambulance. Did you see the story? Is it two now? What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Outrageous. You know, despicable. It's going to happen. Happens in a state where the gun laws are the most uh, three now. Three kids are dead. Where the gun laws are the most restrictive, where the policies are all Democrat, where the spending is up and the taxes are high. And I thought California was supposed to be utopia. Yeah, I don't think, where's the good thing they got going on? I mean, not that broadcasting from Illinois is somehow superior to that, but I will say it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of an example of all-around failure followed closely by Illinois. And in Illinois, listen, I know we're going to get to the national stuff. I'm going to get to all of the ambassadors. We're going to get to all that. But I have to tell you, flying in from Florida yesterday, Getting off the plane, getting in the Uber, going home, looking at my receipt, seeing a $7 tax, listening to Lori Lightfoot and her plan to double the tax, watching as today is the final day, and uh, I guess we could find out in minutes if Springfield, Illinois, gave Lori Lightfoot the authority to add a extra sales tax on real estate. Did you know about this? You didn't know about this? This is good stuff, kid. All right, so here it is. I, I, we're going to get to the national stuff. Just hang in there with me. But uh, to me, this affects each and every one of us. After all, this is Slap and Tickle Chicago Drive Time. We're on the forefront of failure. So it's very important we put things in context. Because after all, haven't we had Republicans fighting for us for 100 years? Anyway, little Lori Lightfoot's new plan. The uh, unfortunate axe man that she's going to have to be has to raise taxes. So she goes to Springfield, and she has this new plan to pay for all of Chicago's problems, right? Um, the, the Chicago budget, $11.65 billion budget, and they're short, little under $900 million. <laughs> So she has to figure out creative ways um, to make up for that. So she's planning to triple tax on rideshare. Triple tax. Thank you very much. Triple tax. So I just took a $21. I'll tell you right now, I do live in Elmwood Park. And if, for those of you who know the area, it's probably a 10-minute ride. 12 if the guy doesn't know what he's doing. Okay? For a 10-minute ride from the airport, $21. So you think that's Uber, right? Okay, it's convenient. It's wonderful. And then I get my receipt. Out of the $21, $7.55 of it is taxes, and they call it surcharges. They're trying to raise the downtown rate 80%, 80% of that. So I have a conversation with the guy who is a wonderful kid, foreign kid, 
or a national, I don't know. I didn't get into that. And uh, he basically says, you know, I'm going to make about a dollar eighty to take you home. A dollar eighty the kid makes. City of Chicago does nothing. I don't even know how they scammed O'Hare into the city of Chicago. It's not even near the city of Chicago. So they annexed the property, probably stole it from a few farmers who happened to be not Democrats, muscled them under, and turned it into the mafia laundry machine O'Hare Airport is. $800 billion. Smells like urine. The place is filthy. It's despicable. It's like you're stepping back into the Brady Bunch era, and yet $8 billion. A lot of guys, a lot of machinery, not a lot of work being done. So that's a scam, day two day scams, O'Hare Airport. Somehow it's Chicago. And they knuckle under every single person who walks through it, who has a business in it. Of course, I don't feel too bad for those people. After all, those are connected scumbags too. I mean, it's not like every business opens up without paying off some middleman fraud Chicago knuckle-dragging lobbyist. Right? As they're trying to enact. I saw the front page of the Tribune. Oh, trying to enact. Safety. We're going to have a, a girl on from Illinois Policy at 634 to discuss how, how great it's going to be after this. So they're knuckling under everybody with different fees. They knuckle under the airlines who want to operate the people at United and all under the, the amount of money that they pay in different schemes and fees. And yet the insatiable Leviathan can't suck it up fast enough. And now your only answer is to take that kid who made a dollar twenty, and me, who takes the ride home and just tax us all into oblivion. And her backup plan, they have the audacity, kid, to call this plan B. I got to just tell you, we're just going to go over the numbers because they're staggering as somebody who's in real estate. This is a staggering statistic. So currently, Chicago charges a 0.75% tax on real estate transfers. So that's just under 1% just to transfer, just another tax. Aside from the other transfer stamps, this is just an on-top tax. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. All through, the total rate is 1.2 by the time the state, county, and transit authority, transit authority. So I sell my house, the transit authority gets a cut, the CTA. Really, they get a cut? It's, 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 it's infuriating. When you look at the CTA and what a scandal it is, let alone the, the trains look like I'm watching the Warriors, for God's sakes. It's ridiculous. Okay? They get their own tax. Lightfoot's plan would charge a progressive tax higher on city real estate transfers. This is not in lieu of. This is on top of. So on top of all of these, another just over a half a percent for sales on homes under half a million dollars. On sales of homes from half a million to a million, she's going to charge you just under 1% on top of this. If you have an outrageous house, like let's say you invested for years and you happen to be in a neighborhood that was regentrified and you picked up in Bucktown and you sell your house for a million and one dollar, you pay 1.5% just to close this budget. This is not getting rid of those other taxes. Just more and more. And if you're a really rich person and you sell a house that's over $3 million, well, aren't you lucky? You're going to pay 2.5%. These are the answers that these totalitarian, socialist, 
mafia-run Democratic hub states can come up with. They can't figure out who to knuckle under next, and somehow they're going to add new taxes on if by some miracle you were able to sustain your property in this time. Somehow if you were able to sustain this, your property in this time, you are going to get the, the advantage or the luxury of being hit again. And all we have to do is wait for who? More politicians to decide if they're going to let it. You're going to let it happen down in Springfield? You're going to let that happen down in Springfield? And we're all biting our nails as if we stand a chance. Because what they show you, this may not happen tonight. It may not. But this is the answer. This is their solution to what's coming. You mark my words. The only choice is where and how hard are they going to hit the, the, those of us who can afford it the least. The guy who drives the Uber. The old lady who managed to stay in our house for 40 years. The young couple that made the misfortunate mistake of saying, I want to live near Lincoln Park and I'll beg, borrow from everybody I know to get the house. And, the, and what the reality is, what's happening, these prices are coming down in every single area of Chicago. I know if you're on that new high-rise that's, don't worry, those same people I'm talking about subsidize through different TIF arrangements and different agreements. I'm understanding that those new ones, they get to go for two and two and a half million. Who are the buyers? Are those Chicagoans that are buying that? No. Those are foreign purchases. Those are rich people from the suburbs. Those are people who have the luxury to throw away the money. Once again, the solution always comes to penalizing those of us who can afford it least. And they try to buy your anger by saying, don't worry, we're going to get the rich guy too. Instead of saying, maybe we should implement some of the ideas that made those guys rich in the first place. Maybe we should look at our situation as how to solve the problem rather than how to fund the fraud and the failure. And, you know, until you take that position, you're simply going to just go around the bowl and every one of their answers is about penalizing those unfortunate people through happenstance, through obligation, through your family love, or through your occupation, are forced to stay, who now, thanks to these policies, cannot even afford to leave. You are truly held captive by this failure. And the, and, and the, and the angle that, that it gets is more outrage at the businesses. The reason I wanted, you, I wanted to tell you that is Lori Lightfoot has an idea on how to justify penalizing companies that are thriving or at least not even thriving. I don't know how you could say you're thriving if the kid made a dollar eighty to take me home. Listen to what she had in mind. Uber has an alternative proposal that Lightfoot quickly shot down and shot back with a stunning accusation against the rideshare company. They offered up black ministers $54 million, a one-time deal, if they would convince the mayor um, to uh, do away with any other kind of regulation. And as we walked these ministers through the realities of what's actually um, at stake here, I think they realized that, frankly, they'd been hoodwinked. When press for oh, proof yeah, that's that how they, paid they realized they Lightfoot repeated her statement. I've had um, a number of ministers who had met with us and said, Uber promises $54 million, basically if you back off. And I'm happy to provide names. Ministers we spoke with, including Reverend Ira Ackrey, a strong supporter of the mayor, is stunned she would make such a statement. I really don't know what the mayor is talking about, and, and I'm taken aback by it. I, I'm truly oblivious to 
daily type of uh, payment <laughs> to black ministers. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Number one, isn't that quid pro quo? Oh, we got quid pro quo all, all up and down that son of a gun. You got quid pro quo. You got hiring black reverends as lobbyists. Are, the, are, are they registered as lobbyists? Or how did they wash $54 million? But more importantly, you have the innuendo of it didn't work and you're going to pay anyway. See, the reality is, the reaction to this failure is that companies try to seek out ways to get out from under it. And this is what's imploding the entire system. We're going to tie it all together. Believe me, I'm going to tie it all together, even with the national. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. So I got the show's over to the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, funky comadina. Me, should I buy? Should I buy a house? As I'm talking to you, should I buy a house? Now, what do you say to this kid? No, don't buy a house because that's the right advice. Anybody thinking or owning should be extremely nervous. Let alone see this young kid. But you can see it in his eyes. He's, he's excited about being here. He wants to think the best. So I always do what I do. I give him the, the, the advice, even even though he didn't want to hear it. I gave him the right advice. And you know, as you think about how many people that affects. As you think about each one of the guys coming home from work or people struggling to pay their mortgage, it is truly the definition of funding failure you're not getting a piece of in the least any of the benefit. Where's the benefit for the guy that's not hot-wired into this scam? Because this ties in to uh, 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 Pritzker, Jelly Belly. This ties into little little Cobblepot and his solution. Now, now he's got to solve for the pensions. We're going to merge the pensions. Well, tell me how the pensions actually work before you tell us we're just going to keep merging them and underwrite them. So I, I, I just don't like the, the, the distraction of and the acceptance by the citizens of let's just add more taxes on those evil Chicagoans who were unfortunate enough to uh, own property in Chicago. Here's Randy. Randy, thanks for calling the show. How are you? I'm doing right, Sean. Hey, I, I don't give a rip about the tax because I don't live in Chicago. It doesn't affect me. However, I have my opinion on it. I believe the tax should be the other way. Don't charge the guy that wants to get the heck out. Charge the guy that wants to come in. Well, did you know, Randy? People want to go live in those cities? Chicago. Let them pay for it. Chicago. Let them pay for the policies they vote for. Chicago double taxes. They do have an entrance tax. Of course they do. So the buyer does pay. You know, in, in, in most cases, here, I'll just give you this. On a half a million dollar property, let's just use that for simple. Half a million dollar property, the exit taxes and the, and the buyer's taxes total about anywhere between twelve dollars to $15,000. So the, the transaction fee that the city of Chicago makes is already between twelve dollars and $15,000 on a $500,000 property. That's before all this that I'm telling you. The reason I'm telling you, you know, if you look at the percentages, you have a percent here, a percent here. No, no, no. This is on top. These are compounded, compounded money grabs. So it's getting to the point where whether you profit or not on the sale of your house, the city makes a killing. You could lose. You say you bought the house for seven and you sell it for five. The city comes in and takes 15 grand. I mean, that's, you're talking big numbers. You're talking a big, big percentage. And what is it that they provided? Because don't forget, the whole time you owned it, you paid those taxes. So you have to give people a, a lesson in real estate. You have to give people a lesson in exactly what happens as cities are bankrupt. And that's the real issue. And for Lori Lightfoot to come out with a certain 
indignation of of the audacity of a company lobbying to to, to make her punitive actions and threats of 80% tax increases as if the company's doing something wrong. I say no, no. Why would it? Why would the government want to tax businesses that provide services and jobs to its citizens out of business? And if you can answer that, then you could solve the problem, because they're obviously unaware or don't care about what it's doing to we the citizens, whether it be Illinois or Chicago. They obviously don't care because every one of their answers is to simply take more of your money and do it through a vehicle you find palatable. And and it doesn't focus on the fact that why is a city with an 11-plus billion dollar budget this broke? Why is a city whose revenues have never been higher than last year and this year? They're setting records in revenues. Why are you having this kind of gap? Where is the money? And until we look at it from that standpoint, and that goes federally, that goes statewide, it goes the whole way. We are solving this problem from the back end. And I almost said the dirty word. But we're solving it from the back end. And until you have a, a, a push from citizens to solve this from the front end, then you just move these numbers around. And, and, and move the numbers of your assets and of your dollar and of your value of life, move those numbers down. And move the revenue and the power and the spending up. Because this is in every solution she has. It's the same one. And it's, it's mind-boggling because she's supposed to and be new. Uber denies the mayor's claims. A written statement from Uber spokesperson Kelly Quinn says, quote, The mayor is entitled to her own opinion, but not her own facts. Weeks ago, we shared a proposal that would have raised $54 million for the city. She's confusing the facts. Uber says its counter-rideshare tax proposal would be more fair to residents in low-income areas where taxis tend not to go. So she's not concerned about these areas that they say year in and year out, election year and election year. They're, they use these, these ghettos as weapons, but when it comes to solutions to fix problems, ride-sharing in bad neighborhoods that maybe may save a good person's life rather than walking through a shooting gallery, she's really not interested unless there's a payoff. The whole damn thing is quid pro quo. That's why I don't get too bent out of shape about this national news when you parade around these sexually frustrated nerds in front of me. God's sakes. Jeff, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Sean? One. Uh, the sad thing here, this Uber lie from Lightfoot, it's not her big, big, her first big, fat, embarrassing lie she got caught in. Remember back on Memorial Day, she lied and said, oh, the cops are all going to lay low, let shootings run up and make me look bad. Another big, fat lie she never apologized for. A complete failure all around. You know, it seems to me, Jeff, they're more concerned with covering up the failure in each of those cases, and in this one particular, than they are in figuring out how could we possibly solve this problem where it's, where it's equitable to the people who live here and equitable to the obligations we have. I have never heard a city of Chicago, a state of Illinois politician say we need to stop spending we need to cut back have you ever heard that oh we get rid of them i didn't even know that well we got to go to a break so you know what this is i got two hours i need another hour you know i don't come here all the time it's a part-time gig for me what am i here tomorrow today and i just found out i'm going to be here monday tuesday and i think wednesday this is very exciting 
we got a lot of stuff to cover. That's why I wasn't going to jump into the whole thing with the National. People have been hearing it for nine hours, even though I have a much different spin than what you've been hearing. Oh, I do. Because I don't want to come here and tell you what to think. I want to have that conversation with you where we figure this out exactly together and solve the problems. Because all I help but notice, we, I can't help but notice, we don't solve problems. We just complain about them. You know what, I, as I'm watching this, I'll give them a little preview because I know we got to go. Oh, we got to go to a break? All right, stay on this. If you're on the line, stay on the line. If you want to be, 312-642-5600. We're taking on the nerds when we get back. Oh, that was a great song. Love the nerds. Did you see these idiots yesterday? Did you see them? You have to. All right, look, no, hold on. We got to get Jim and the other guy. I hate to make guys wait when they called on a topic. All right, hold on. We'll get to that in a minute. Jim, what's up, kid? Hey, man, how are you? Good. Good. I, uh, Mr. Turns out, you, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that because of the Trump, Trump tax cuts, Illinois enjoyed $1.5 billion extra in tax collections. What was the number? And yet, to $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. Tom wow. Morrison sent me a little article that was... Uh, Published back in May. I, I'll send it to you, John. I'll so, no, nah, that's all right. We'll skip to the cliff notes. So, here's the thing I wanted to ask you. So, because of yes, Trump sir. tax cuts, Illinois, the state, received $1.5 billion from the citizens of Illinois. Is that correct? In extra revenue they weren't anticipating because, well, that, you know, wait, wait, uh, doesn't that, that sounds like an extra tax to the people of Illinois to me. So what you're saying is because of well, that, 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 because of, ta- of Trump's tax cuts, the people of Illinois paid $1.5 billion to the state that is killing them, to the state that is corrupt, no, no, no. the received, state that bankrupted them. Well, where'd the money come from, Jim? What do you, don't, don't, well, don't pull a well, Democrat me on me. What? Sean, the state received you know, various tax collections. You know, through agencies, not necessarily for people, from corporations, everything else. No, no, no. Because there was more activity. What, 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 here, uh, you don't have to send me the article, Jim. I'm actually a real estate broker. I know how the law works, obviously, better than you. And you're hiding rather than telling the truth. You're not telling the truth that due to the manipulation fraud that is touted around as a tax cut, the citizens of Illinois had a massive tax increase, and the cap on property taxes was lifted. So all of those people who have high taxes or have more than one property were double and triple taxed in some cases, and that's called the Trump tax cut, huh? Yeah, congratulations. Well, by your numbers, it's $1.5 billion. By his own numbers. You see the problem with the Trump supporters? All they got to do is be told something, and they stop thinking. And that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. His own, he couldn't even, did you hear him? Well, uh, listen, that means that we, the pigeons stuck in Illinois, now granted most of you don't have those big property taxes, but why do you hate the rich man? Why do you hate the rich man who does? Or the landlord who buys five and six properties? Who do you think he rents to? You think those landlords are rich? Or do you think that half of them don't get the rent on time because the tenants are struggling too? See, we're all linked together. Not in the negative way the Democrats want you to think, but in the way of humanity. Where when we vilify, when we use a a, a middleman to take somebody's wealth from them, you're stealing from them. That's tyranny. People who are really Republicans and really fiscal hawks and conservatives with the big fake air quotes. Those frauds who tell themselves they're frauds, they're conservatives, and they, they, they can't put two and two together, that when you double and triple tax somebody, it's an increase, 
and you, you, you know the number, and you say it, it's staggering. $1.5 billion of money that people were not taxed under the past tax laws, they are now taxed. And somehow it's a cut? Come on. That's the problem. And you know what else they didn't talk about with the Trump tax cuts that we're going to hear the rah-rah for the next 12 months? They're sunset. You know what that means? That's government speak for we screwed you because they go away right around election time. And they get to use it as a weapon so that a bunch of phony baloney frauds can say, you've got to keep the taxes low. Well, if you wanted to keep them low, why didn't you cut them permanently? Why didn't the Republican Congress do it when they held the damn Congress for a decade? Why didn't they do it? It's all one big game. And that's going to be a nice segue. I apologize to who's on the line. We're going to switch topics. That's going to be a nice segue into what I saw yesterday. See, because I don't look at it with my Caddyshack hat on, waving a flag, some elephant on it. I could give a rip what party they say they're from. I saw inadequacy on display. Failure and fraud. From the Pee Wee Herman freak with his bow tie all the way to the other stumbling fool who, who would have made Catherine Hepburn look literate. Couldn't get to the damn period in a sentence without quivering and shaking. Did you know anybody? Were you in the room? No. Well, what's the beef? The reality is, what's the bio on these guys? Wouldn't you love to know what their bio is? How does one become an ambassador? Hmm. How do you become an ambassador? Probably a way you get on these committees. How do you get on the committee? And how do you become a liaison to an administration? You think you get the job because you have an expertise, or you think somebody wrote a check? You think somebody wrote a check and bought it? Or you think some family member did? Because that's what I think happened. And when I watched those two idiots up there yesterday, and they were only second to the fools questioning them, 99% of them. I know it's not the rah-rah you want to hear, but that's the truth. Ambassador, how'd you get the job, dummy? And how long have you been there? And why weren't you privy to the phone call? If you are the ambassador and not just some rich freak living with his mistress abroad, then why don't you know about the call? Why? Because that is what government is. Inadequacy, failures and frauds personified and protected, touted as experts. I found it stunning to me. Ambassador, you weren't on the call, were you? The president, you didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You no. never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. This, this is what I can't believe, and you're their star witness. Well, what the hell do you do all day? What the hell does this guy do all day? He gets up, he puts his little suit on. Where does he have to do? It's all a big ghost job. It's all a big scam, and we're the suckers paying for it because these morons live in the lap of luxury, baby. It's feet up and manis and petties for everybody. And nobody cares. And when push comes to shove and you're supposed to be looking at what's going on, you're supposed to be in charge of policy, are you? Or are you, in fact, nothing more than a political sycophant? See, what's evident, here's what I see. You know what? The Republicans, they're right when they criticize the Democrats. You know what? They are absolutely right. And you know when the Democrats criticize the Republican? They're right, too. And you know what I saw yesterday? The greatest publicly subsidized political campaign ad ever. Because all this is, is a money-raising scheme for Republicans and Democrats to say, look at the other side, how bad they are. When the reality is this entire system, this whole foreign system, the whole foreign aid, the money to the Ukraine, the money to Taiwan, the money to anybody. 
the hell is going on? Most of us go to work all day and we pretend that these guys are in charge. Look at who's in charge. Nerds. Sexually frustrated morons. 312-642-5600. baby. So I managed to start a war on Facebook. And I don't even participate in Facebook for the most part. But I am so proud of myself, brother. I'm going to tell you why. Grew up with a dear friend of mine. Wonderful kid. Big, big, biggest kid from Melrose Park ever produced. But his name is Mausberger. So he's not really an Italian. Doesn't count. Mausberger. He's a great guy, though. We've been friends since we were kids. And he goes, moves to, to Minnesota, and he's, you know, in one of these green energy guys. Scammer, whatever. He's in on the scam, though. He's going to company, right? And then there's this other guy who's a Trump guy. So I got this one Democrat who's a green energy guy, and then I got a Caddyshack hat wearing Trump guy who just, he says that it's great, it's wonderful. And, you know, you could present all the facts for both of them. It's, it's really an eye-opening experience. I could throw all of the data to counter the green energy fraud, the money laundering scheme that it is. I could throw it all at them, at Mausberger. Doesn't care, loves it, eats it up. You're a denier, you know, the whole nine yards, right? And I got the other guy, the hat on, all goofy looking. And he's like, you don't understand Trump trade, Trumponomics, you don't get it. You don't get it. I throw all the data. The trade deficit, it's up, he said it'll be done. That up, he said it'll be done. Deficit up. In unprecedented. Last three months, last three months, the Fed, $800 billion, $800 billion that they bought the debt, they, they monetized the debt, quantitative easing again. $800 billion in three months. Do you know what started the Reagan revolution? The debt was $800 billion. They just did it in three months. It took them 100 years. These son of a gun. Trump on Alex could throw all the data at him, and he's the same, just like Mausberger. The same thing. It's the same thing. They're married to the... They can't think anymore. Like Jim. Like Jim with the tax cut. Illinois got 150... Well, how'd, they, where'd the, where'd the money come from? Bernie Sanders. Where'd the money come from, Bernie? Oh, it just comes out of the air. No, the people pay it. It's not... We gonna fix things? Or you want rah-rah? You know, would it be more interesting if I just come on? I could redo Hannity's program. It'd be great. Is that what you're interested in? Because I, I, I'm not. Mike on the north side here to yell at me. How are you, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to yell at you. Hold on. All right. You don't think you Pull deserve it? Pull the car it? over. Pull the car over. You don't think you deserve it? Quit banging on Trump. He's all we got because the Republicans aren't going to protect us. We're going to have these goofy coastal Democratic elites who learn their trade in the Clinton and the Obama administration yep. by those south side Irish mongoloids in Chicago from Bridgeport and Beverly. We're going to destroy us. They are a peculiar looking this bunch of people. This is all we got. We got Trump, LGBT buddy, love guns, bacon, and Trump. So I want to talk That's to you for a minute because no, nobody talks to you. I want to talk to you for a minute because you know you and I agree on about ninety percent of the whole thing. My my producer is a smart little girl. She really is a smart girl, and she has on her desk George Washington's farewell address, where he says that the worst thing that could happen is that the country becomes party affiliated instead of remembering what we are who we are and what we're built on. And you know what I see, Mike? First of all, I think you're right. But you know what I see, Mike? I see two parties that have us in a chokehold, man. Two parties that got, they got a gun to our forehead and a knife at our back. And you're just deciding which way you want to get it. And I got to figure out, Mike. I don't care how we do it. I don't have the total answer. We got to figure out how to stop it, man. Got to figure out how to take this, this, this country, this government, and make it a representative republic. We're, we're slaves, 
You in Chicago, you know that. Look at Lori Lightfoot. She's going to knuckle under anybody, no matter how big or small. You're knuckled under. You're a slave. And then you look at what's going on with all this stuff in, in, in the macro economy. Why do we have five guys deciding everything? Is that what America is? It's about us. Where are we represented, kid? And rather, you know, I get your We're point. Not. Pick pick better, pick worse. Dude, we got to change this, man, because we can't. You know, Trump's gone, whether it's four years or five years or a year. He's gone. I, I, we're going to live longer. I got yeah, kids. Yeah, but you can listen. You can't, you can't have the Democrats because they want to take everything I, I, from us. I agree. And give it to the people that don't work and it's over. I, it's, it's not an income tax with them anymore. It's a wealth I tax. agree. Anything you've earned or saved, they're taking away from you. I you agree. You deserve it. They're going to give it away. Mike, but if we can't convince Jim, if we can't get the Republicans to identify what's wrong, then we're lost. We can only correct this from our side, Mike. So we better damn well Jim correct who? these Republicans. Jim Durkin, no, 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 no. The, the guy who called up. The guy who called up to, to praise the trap, the, 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 the phony tax manipulation they call cuts. We should. I was saying it then. Read the damn bill. It's a fraud, the Trump tax cuts. Just like his NAFTA tweak. It's all a fraud. Read the details. Don't buy the party stuff. Thank you, Mike, for calling. I do appreciate it. That's my point. I don't want to sit here and say, like, like all of these other shows are going to do, write your check to the, to the RNC. They're the only ones fighting for you. And you know what happens on the other station, on the, on the DNC? They do the same thing to those old people, those people who refuse to write the, write the, uh, uh, read the bills. Write the check to the DNC. The other side's the monster. When the reality is these son of a guns are working together. And you, you think calling it a swamp identifies it and fixes it? What do you mean? He, nobody, no president ever hired more lobbyists than Trump. None. They're all lobbyists run. More Democrats surround this Republican conservative than any Democrat than most in the Democratic Party. Peter Navarro, they're Democrats. These are, this is a big deal. I want to fix the damn thing. I'm the guy flipping the bill. And so are you. And more importantly, what happens when you're gone? We got time. How much time I got? You don't have time? All right, you're gonna, this is good. See, we can keep the people engaged. Now you got to stay tuned. Because while all that shenanigans was going on with those two sexually frustrated nerds in their bow ties pretending to be important and relevant, Paul was testifying in the other room. This is the part where it focuses on the money and the taxes, the stuff that's really important. I know we shouldn't talk about it till next week. Well, I'm going to talk about it next. 312 642 5600. Participating dealer for complete details. Let's say you want to surprise your little one with a bike. eBay has lots of bikes. First bikes, mountain bikes, even really loud bikes. Check eBay and you'll always find an unmatched selection at a price you'll love. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. From the AM560 Traffic Center. Making your way inbound on the Edens. You're going to hit the brakes at Old Orchard right into that Kennedy merge. Laycock Road to the Junction 49 outbound in 24. Now on the Kennedy outbound at Kimball, there's a crash taking out two left lanes. 40 minutes out to the split. 22 in the Express. Hour two to the airport. Inbound from O'Hare, it's an hour and one. 26 minutes off the Junction. Hike outbound to 390, an hour and 13. Inbound slower at an hour and 19. Stevenson outbound is solid to Lakeshore Drive on out to 355 an hour and 12. 
I-55 either way. Jam between River and Arsenal due to the road work. The Dan Ryan outbound at 47th and the locals are crashing the two left lanes. 35 minutes out to 95th. Inbound 34. Hitting the brakes right across the Stevenson Bridge. That's traffic. I'm Mary DeBanchis on AM560, The Answer. Now, your official weather forecast from the one-hour heating and air conditioning weather center. A starry night overnight and cold, low 20. For Friday, sunny skies and cold, high 38. Friday night, a few clouds will hang around and cold, low 26. Cloudy and cold for Saturday, high 38. I'm Cheryl Golden on AM560, The Answer. Get the latest weather, traffic, and news updates online at 560theanswer.com. I can't even think after she handed me that. I don't even remember what we were going to talk about. I'm kidding. I have some new information, but let's clear up the lines. All right, because I do like to uh, clear the lines before we jump all over stuff. Dirk! Dirk, thanks for calling the show. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Wonderful, buddy. Yeah, hey, uh, you scared me there for a minute. I almost shut the radio off because I thought uh, uh, Joe Walsh was back on the air. Yeah. I uh, did. I did. Still watching the bus of vein there, pal. And I, I, a very wise person told me when somebody's talking to you, make sure you listen to what they're saying and just instead of just thinking of what you're going to say next. And yeah. hey, we get you. It's a battle. It's a war, my friend. But let me He's, ask you, uh, Dirk, Dirk, I want to ask you something. Okay. When the people of right. in, in that particular case, I'm assuming you're talking about when Jim called. Is that right? Yeah. In that particular case, yeah. when, when he touts one side of the statistic without the who's actually funding it, meaning us, the people in Illinois, are you, are you from Illinois? I am from Illinois, from Stager, and, and I get that, but I think he was just trying to say that the economy was stimulated, more money was made, so more money was paid. I don't, I don't think he really was was into all the who was paying what taxes, and you know, the fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But isn't that a isn't so, that a, isn't that a problem that we don't look at things like that? You know what? It's a war. It sucks, but you know, it, it's so deep ingrained. I mean, I'd, instead of having you like verbally pat somebody on the air. How do we get these guys out of there? How do we get Joe Everyman into government? How well, do we get the and that's what, because to, you re, to replenish? you got to break the two-party system because that's what I wanted to tell you. If you listen to, to what I said before, you know, as we watch this thing, the Intelligence Committee, how do you think these guys get on the Intelligence Committee? They buy it. So these two, this two-party system, two system has set up roadblocks where unless you capitulate to their power, they're omnipotent in, in our government. They're everywhere, from your municipality all the way up to, to federal government. Until you bend knee to them, you're really, really going to have to work within this maze of, of, of skullduggery and corruption that they've built. You know, I'm watching the thing as you're talking. So Nancy so, Pelosi. She's, so yeah, go ahead. So what? You know, when you're out there, instead of screaming, I want to fix it, I want to fix it, lead us, brother. Tell us what little things we can do every damn day when we wake up to help get those I'm try- buggeries I'm, out of there. I'm trying to when I say think about this whole thing. I'm not yelling at Jim. Jim's a friend of mine. I like him. But he knows, he knows my broader point. If Illinois has had an yep. increase in revenue, that means those citizens here, we're being double and triple taxed. That's a problem, man. And you know who did that to us? That is a problem. A Republican president did that to us. That's in a Republican administration that did that to me. 
So if you're you're telling me be, be and and I believe you. Listen, Democrats to me are communists, but they're the ones that are supposed to do yep. this to me, not the Republicans, man. So I got a hard problem with this. And I'll tell you another thing. When 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 before I took your call, you know what eminent domain is? I'm sure you do. Yes. When the government takes yes. property, I've actually I had a family. My grandfather was a victim of eminent domain. What are your feelings on eminent domain? When the uh, well, it's tough. It's tough. You know, it depends on the property. If it's if it's a wasted property and the government needs it to put a new street in, okay, fine. If it's somebody's, you know, family-owned property that they've been there for hundreds of years and some jerk in government just decides they want to give it to somebody for a new development, then that sucks. See, but I have a. I have a problem. I have a problem with the idea that we make assumptions that we know what's best for the property versus the guy who actually owns it, even if we don't like him, even if we don't agree with him, even if he's non-political or very political. You know, a lot of fortunes have been made in this state in particular on the front running of government purchased land and the misuse of eminent domain, mainly by guys who like to wrestle little boys named Denny Hassert, but also other politicians. But anyway, I was handed an article. Yeah. I was handed an article. I'm, I'm dead set against eminent domain. To me, I think it is the biggest abuse okay. of power. It's when a government says, I'm taking it, and I'm deciding what I'm giving you if I give you anything at all. And I, I mean, I know Although many people... The railroads out of it. Yeah, but do, do you think that was right? When you, you know, those are government-funded well, I mean, railroads. Where would we be without railroads? Well, the, <laughs> the most successful railroads in this country were privately funded. And they actually bought the land and made the negotiations without the force of government. Your argument, ironically, you're arguing for a very strong government that gets to use its misuse, its authority to take property from people it seems necessary to take their property. And that doesn't seem very conservative to me. I mean, I, that's why. So when you say, I, I just, what could you do, Dirk? I think we could focus on the p- broader point and stick to the principles and not become like the Democrats who are willing to abuse principles and fundamentals to achieve their goal. So that's where you and I, I think we agree, but that's where you and I need to work on more. But I do appreciate you calling the show. I do have to take a break and a call here. So thank you, Dirk. But that's my broader point. See, if you have a principle and you're against something, then even if it's your side that says we got to break that principle to achieve the goal, your job as an American, this is the only country in the world where you have the First Amendment right to say to your government, you cannot and should not do that. It is both immoral and against the foundation of the country. And eminent domain, to me, is one of the top-breaking rules. But I focus on what, it, what happens. I, I, I deal with the people who have their property taken and are told, sit there and shut up. I mean, the stories are endless, and most of us know people who have had or have been victims of this law. And I'm handed a bill right here, and this is for a subject that everybody on the Republican side says, do it, do it, do it. And it says Trump administration is preparing to take over private land in Texas for a border wall. Trump administration is preparing court filings to begin taking private land. Now, listen, this is the benefit of land, of being we're one of the only countries where you have that bundle of rights so that you can actually own the land. Now, has government figured out ways to make you rent it from them and penalize you? Yes, 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 yes. But the one covenant government is not supposed to break for certain is to seize your asset and to determine their version of what it's worth. And if who are you going to argue with? The government? Who's going to hire lawyers 
these Texas people who own this land, they're going to hire lawyers and go up against the government lawyers? How's that? What's that look like? I mean, the reality of what that looks like. When in the fact is, if you need the land, you're the government. You come to them and you say, I need your land. I'd like to buy it. And they say it's not for sale. And everything is for sale at a number. So bid the number and buy it. And if you can't, then go around it. But you don't have the right to seize it. I mean, I'm just, because if, it, if, it, if it's this land here, if it's, a, if it's for a parking lot in Atlantic City, if it's your grandmother's house in the city of Chicago and the Democrats want to do it, isn't it the same principle? To me, it's the same. I just think it's important that we stick to those principles. And what I'm seeing is that we lose these principles. I'm going to take David. David, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Sean from Elmwood Park. David Dewar from Mount Greenwood. Wonderful. Nice to meet I you. I got a story for you. You're going to love it. It's a wrestling story. You, you posed me as a guy that liked professional wrestling as a kid like me. But before I tell you that, I did run for 19th Ward Alderman as an independent. Oh. I've been a Republican, but I ran as an independent. And I will be running for 35th District State Representative as a John F. Kennedy Democrat okay. from 1960. Hey, I was born 60 years late. What can I say? Well, that's I got news I for you. For What's more? Who's more of a Democrat than, in my opinion, I think Trump's a conservative Democrat. That's that's all he is. But go ahead. No, it could, could be, could be. But uh, if you remember the uh, international uh, international amphitheater there on Halstead, and you had the Andy Fran, uh, Fran Ushers from 1978, uh-huh. and I had a friend of mine, and he worked. He was a couple years older than me. And he watched wrestling, and that was the first time, and he seen the good guys and the bad guys. So he would root for the good guys, and he watched this for three hours. And then what happened was he walked through the theater, and he had to clean up, and he opened a door, and he seen a bunch of guys smoking cigars and drinking beers. And they screamed, shut the door! So he shuts the door, and he's in shock because all the good guys and all the bad guys are together. And he's like, oh, my goodness, this was all a show. Are they working together? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what you just described. Congress. What do you think it really looks like? Absolutely. Yeah, I did. No, it, 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 so the thing is, and, and what you're talking about is it's saying, okay, I'm going to take the Republican side because they're going to screw us less. It's not that they're that much better. It's just the fact that they are giving us more concessions and they're not screwing us as bad as the Democrats. And, and David, I was watching. Um, I was watching this as I was flying back yesterday. I was in Florida, and I'm watching this with strangers, total strangers, in a cigar store in South Florida. Right. And, and we're so I don't know these guys, and I'm listening to them talk. And the majority of these guys are older men, and they're retired. Right. And for, you know, some are wealthy, some are not. I didn't ask for their tax returns, but you know, you you, you listen to the conversation that they're having, and I'm trying to interpret this whole thing, and one thing that was overarching was the Republicans, and they were only Republicans. Each one of these guys couldn't wait to fund the Republican Party because all they kept saying was, all they kept saying was, you can't let these Democrats take control. we got to keep the Republicans in here. And I'm looking at all of, you know, that Jim Jordan, who I think is a, is a good guy, a smart guy, they bring him in. Yeah. Why is, wasn't he on that, that uh, board, that association, the, that committee? Why wasn't he always on the Intelligence Committee? And, you know, when you find out that the way that they get on those committees is that they buy them, you realize they buy them. It's, it's, that's quid pro quo. Oh, you want to be on the Ways and Means Committee. Well, that has all the power. That's going to run you 400000 500000 And then they yeah. have to go to us and raise the money. The entire system is so corrupted. That to pretend that I'm we, here, Sean, we, Sean, yeah. Sean, I'm here on the south side, and 
when we had the election coming up, I liked Jeannie Ives. She lost by 2%, 51 to 49%. Uh, yeah. And we have our head banana out here, Sean Morrison. And what does he do? He supports Ronner. And now he comes back and he wants to play ball and get all this support for his people. Unbelievable, the infiltration within the party. And I see it and it makes me sick. So I am a John F. Kennedy Democrat from 1960. Well, That's it. you know what we I'm call that today? A Democrat. What? A conservative Republican. David, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for calling the show. But unfortunately, that's, you know, that's really what's happened. If you talk economically, that's really what's happened. we have time? How much time I got? I wanted to get to this clip. This is going on during the, the committee meetings. And this, to me, this I think is more important than some dweeb with a bow tie on. I would say the growth and the forecast of our economy is probably the number one thing that impacts concerns uh, with regard to the national debt. Um, could you elaborate on that and how it should be addressed, particularly as it relates to expanding or at least not contracting the economy? So I, I think it's a it's a longer term issue um, that I, I, I imagine we all realize will have to be addressed over time. It's it's just the case that now that um, the debt is growing faster than the economy, than the nominal GDP. What? And ultimately, in the long run, that's not a sustainable place to be. Now, how to fix that? It's easy to say that, and you know, how you do that and when you do that is is an issue that is up to you and not to us. But I would You're I would be remiss in not pointing out that the consequences of not addressing it are just that we'll be spending more and more. Our kids, really, and grandkids, they'll be spending their tax dollars servicing debt rather than on the things they really need. Eight hundred billion dollars in just over three months on the national debt. They monetize the debt, which is corrupt in itself. We could spend an entire hour on that skullduggery. And they're all in on it. That's the head of the Fed Reserve. It's not really federal or a reserve, but it's the Federal Reserve. That's the guy. That's the guy in charge of all lending, of all banking. That's the guy in charge of everything. Where the money goes, how the money's printed. They have a monopoly on the money. It's like an ad for Bitcoin for me. When I watch that, I'm thinking to myself, it's Bitcoin and gold, baby. Because he doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have an answer. And all he's telling you is all this propaganda you're hearing about how great things are. Why are we blowing this kind of money? Why? The government has never taken more from its people. And it's still not enough. Remind you of that first segment? Remind you of that first segment? This is the Chicago times of 50. That's what it's like. Got to wake up. Got to stop it from our side. Not the other side. 312-642-5600. Corruption and solutions. Right? That's what we're going to do. Point out the corruption, figure out the solutions, call in the experts. I always love to speak to an attorney and not get a bill. So we've got Amy Cordy on the line. She is the director of research for the Illinois Policy Institute now. She spent many years as a bankruptcy attorney, and she is an expert on Illinois corruption, and I'm hoping solutions. Amy, how are you? Hi, Sean. I'm good. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. So I think it is important for the Illinoisan, the one not in on the scam, to have some hope that at some point things will change. Are you seeing an indication that there are some things happening? You know, I'm looking at the Illinois Policy Institute, the recent FBI raids, um, you know, the kind of things that are happening to maybe, maybe break this mafia government we have here in Illinois. 
I hate the fact that when they all get uh, pulled in, they're 80 years old, but I would like it to change. Is there hope? I think there is hope. I think people are fed up. I think that there's been so much media attention on this, and there's definitely there's convictions coming in, there are indictments, there are charges. I think that we're going to see you know, the landscape change a little bit. In Springfield today, actually, the legislature passed kind of a starter ethics reform package. Um, it's not, it doesn't go far enough by a long shot, but I think that that just shows how lawmakers are feeling pressured to do something. And I think there are much better, much more thoroughgoing solutions to be had, and we would like to see much deeper changes. So, you know, as I'm, as I'm watching this, this thing nationally, I mean, I'm disgusted, but it's not shocking, right? Because when it comes to corruption via proxy, we're, we're, we're in Illinois, baby. This is the head of it. This is where it all starts, how the brothers and the wives are lobbyists, how uh, you know, you're seeing politicians and their, their cousins and their relatives get contracts and this type of thing. Corruption via proxy is something that we, the Chicago, Illinoisan, has lived with our entire life. So in this new ethics reform bill, is there anything that will stop Senator Dick Durbin's wife from being a lobbyist or from a Republican head, his wife being a lobbyist, or his brother being a lobbyist. Is there anything that will stop or break up this corruption via proxy that we see and feign outrage on a national level, but tolerate on a on a state level? Yeah, you know, there's definitely some beefed up lobbyist disclosure uh, provisions in this bill, but no, it, it doesn't go far enough. And, you know, we've seen this year almost 30 different lawmakers, businesses, political figures have been questioned, you know, indicted, convicted on corruption charges. And as you said, Illinois is one of the most corrupt states in the country. A UIC study put it at the third most corrupt state with Chicago, the most corrupt big city. So this doesn't go far enough. You know, enhancing the disclosures uh, that lobbyists have to file isn't enough. We'd like to see some of these uh, laws get passed, like a ban on any sitting lawmaker lobbying any Illinois government. You saw with the Arroyo. Um, I've got his vest, uh, Amy. Amy, I've got, I've got the vest from his golf outing that a friend of mine. Is was that sh- right? Yes, I do. I'm very proud of it. It's going to be a collector's item. A friend of mine paid $5,000 because he's shaking down. And if he doesn't have this lobbyist, he's, got, he's out of business. And he's tried to do it without it, and they knuckle him under. So I listen, I think it's terrible, but you know, I'm talking to another, I'm talking to an attorney on the phone and I want you to explain for the people exactly what is a lobbyist other than a bag man. Can you explain that to me? What is their primary function and how are they not legalizing bribery? Well, a lobbyist represents a client before a government body. So for example, in the Arroyo case, he represented a gaming industry client before the Chicago City Council trying to get ordinances, you know, affected that would benefit his client. Now, he has been charged with bribery, which is, you know, way beyond what acceptable legal lobbying is. But that just tells you what lobbying is. Now, it isn't fair at all that a Chicago state representative, or sorry, yeah, a state representative from Chicago who's sitting in the state house in Springfield, supposed to be looking out for his constituents, also has a lobbying business on the side, and he's appearing before Chicago City Council. There are so many overlapping issues that state legislators like Arroyo vote on that affect, uh, you know, 
municipalities, counties. So that is a very conflicted situation. And we would like to ban state lawmakers from lobbying any government body, including Chicago City Council or DuPage Commission or, you know, any of them. How many state lawmakers, state representative, Cook County commissioners, one in particular I'm thinking of, work indirectly or directly for video gaming machines? Oh, gosh, I am not sure how many. But, yeah, we know that uh, there have been a lot of uh, investigations with, you know, investigators carrying out bankers' boxes of documents. Well, I'm just quoting a story I saw about my old mayor, who is now Cook County Commissioner. His name's Pete Silvestri. He's a gaming agent for Gold Rush Gaming. So he was here. He is a Cook County commissioner. He was a mayor. And his side hustle is that he's an agent for video poker machines. And and these are machines that he has the authority to license businesses getting or the influence over. And he makes money as an agent. So I think Arroyo is a scumbag beyond the shadow of a doubt. But so is Pete Silvestri, and so has interests in gaming. Why is it that we just attack the simplest answer rather than the overall problem? Don't you think there should be a law where politicians of any sort, or their family for that matter, should not be benefiting from video poker, from marijuana sales, from the way in which Illinois is holding down and chokehold on licensing businesses? They seem to always get rich. And I I, I just can't figure (laughs) out how to stop it. Because this is atrocious. Arroyo, is, it's outrageous. The wife is a lobbyist. He's a lobbyist. He's a sitting politician. And they're going to pretend to fix it. How do we get to that big fix? Well, it, it is atrocious. And, you know, even the Chicago City Council aldermen have proposed a ban on aldermen lobbying other entities, too. They, you know, I think everybody's paying attention. Another thing is, too, when you talk about these lawmakers who have personal interests, financial interests, they could benefit from the laws they pass. Illinois now is one of a minority of states that doesn't prevent lawmakers from voting on issues where they do have an interest. You don't even have to disclose it. And we would like to see mandatory disclosure on any bill where you have a financial stake in it and mandatory recusal. You should not get to vote if the bill coming in front of you could benefit you or harm you in a particular way or your family members. So we really want to take that that insider game out of politics. Now, Amy, um, how do we follow? How do the people, they participate on the website? How can we get involved and make things better ourselves? Well, definitely check out our material. We've got a lot of articles up about corruption now, IllinoisPolicy.org. And I think people should call their lawmakers and tell them we want real reform. We want to you know, end the revolving door where you go from lawmaker to lobbyist in a day. We want to so, Mandatory voting recusal. So banging on lobbying reform. Banging on the window and screaming like Dustin Hoffman in that movie. That's not advised the way I do it. Call like a normal person. <laughs> All right, listen, Amy. Thank Call you. Call like so, a normal person. Thank yeah. you, Amy <laughs> Cordy. Thank you so much for joining me. I had a good time, and I hope you do it again. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. We will be back after this. <laughs> this subject fries me because I, I you know keith makes fun of me i love it you know why it fries me when i was a kid guys went to prison for this i'm not kidding you guys went to prison there was a there was a, a grill in the corner and they had the video poker took the old man to jail you know back then they, they, the guys would what do you got oh i got the dark machines they were called all you did was let politicians get in on it and they hold it like a choke hold 
And then they pretend it's going to help the state. All it did is turn them into gangsters. You want to be a gangster? Let's go in the parking lot and throw down. Let's see who the gangsters are. But no, no, no. Now your gangster is a 320-pound, I'm trying to clean this way up, fat lawyer. You could barely fit in a pinstripe suit, and the reason lap dances are $40. Now that's a gangster. It's disgraceful to me. And you're, the whole answer to all the problems that they created is to have this stronghold on drugs and gambling. And now all of a sudden when they do it, it doesn't hurt the people. These very politicians, and they rake it in. It's despicable to me. It really is. It's disgusting. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Good. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I don't think you can get much of an argument out of people that these politicians are creeps and scumbags. But I want to point out that the electorate, our average fellow citizens, they keep electing these people. Even when they have good choices to make and they get a solid candidate, the Genie Ives the primary election against Rauner proved that. Anthony, that, that was the straw that broke my back right there. It really was. That was the, that was the election where I said, that's it, going to Florida, done, out. I agree with you. It, yeah, and I agree with you going to Florida. I'm looking to Tennessee. Well, so uh, I'll be giving the deep six to Illinois pretty soon. Well, and that's a shame because, you know, I was telling, the, I was telling Venus in the other room, that I, I was used to be so proud. You know, in my neighborhood, you were proud to be from the neighborhood. You were like brothers, guys you just hung out with, older guys. Oh, it was yeah. the greatest place in the world. We were so proud to be from Chicago. Look what these son of a guns have done. And, you know, to, to your point, the electorate, do you blame them to a certain point? If they're in on this scam, Anthony, if you have a young kid today and you tell him, Dad, what, what do you want me to do? How do you not tell him, go work for the state, go work for the town, go work for the government? Because that's what they, we well, allowed this to happen. So to blame these particular voters, this has been going on for 100 years. And our, our problem yeah. is, you know what? The Montesquieu was right. You cannot have a democracy and freedom. Because once people realize they could vote from the public treasury... They'll vote everybody else's rights away, and we're living in that most reality. People, most people understand the the saying, you get what you pay for. Well, that works in economy. This also works in political management of uh, society. You get the type of government you ask for. And, and you know, Anthony, that's probably, that's probably why I'm so hard on Democrats, because we keep voting for them, and they're the ones that keep hitting us. So to me, that's why I think these shows, these political talk shows, if you're a conservative talk show, you could you could take the easy road and the low hanging fruit, talk about how bad the other side is. But you're not going to change anything unless you talk about how bad your side is and where it's making the mistakes. So to me, there's no doubt that's what these are supposed to be. Listen, I've had a great time. Thank you, Anthony, for calling the show. Oh, I held on right when he said thank you. I got to work on that. You should be hanging up on people. I do it all wrong. But I will be back here practicing again on how to hang up on you, the callers. Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago will be tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then that's it. I'm not the closer. I'm out next week, Thursday. I know. But it's garbage day. Remember to take your cans off. <laughs> Listen, I had a good time. But let's make this relevant. Let's make it a point. I'm not going to do cheerleading. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. And if it does, I don't really care anyway. We'll be back tomorrow.